I'm your host, Matt Bergman, and today our guest is Father John Doctor, Vice President of Mission and Ministry here at Quince University. Father John is a 1972 graduate of QU. He served on the Board of Trustees. He's received an honorary doctorate of divinity from QU. That was in 2016, and um, has just really been involved with the university for a number of years. In today's episode, we're going to talk with Father John um, about a number of different things, and we're going to get started here in just a minute. But Father John, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So let's kind of start at the beginning. We we mentioned a few items uh, about your road to Quincy University, but how did you first come to find QU? I first came to uh, QU. Uh, I'm what you call a lifer in the in the uh, uh, seminary system. I entered the began to study for the Franciscan Order in high school, up in Oakbrook, Illinois, and from there, once we graduated from high school, we came down here to Our Lady of Angels Seminary, which had been built in uh, 1963. I came in 67. And, of course, we had most of our courses uh, here at uh, the seminary building, but we would go down to Quincy College at that time uh, for other classes like education, psychology, sociology, uh, those kinds of courses. And uh, so that was my really my first exposure uh, to uh, Quincy University itself. I came back, though, in uh, uh, 1983 uh, to serve on the seminary staff at that time. And, of course, then that reconnected me back with, uh, with the college. It was still a college then. So, uh, and uh, so I had some dealings with it because we, again, the seminary and, and the college worked close together in the education of uh, forming men for the Franciscan order. And then I came back, uh, well, I left in uh, 1986, and then uh, in 2009, I was just coming off a sabbatical after being in provincial administration for 15 years, and I, I was supposed to go to a, a parish, uh, a bilingual parish, and to be pastor there, and the person who had the position of vice president for ministry uh at that time, was Father Ralph Parthy, which some people would remember, and he got discerned to be the uh, novice director for our interprovincial novitiate. And I looked at the guys I was living with at the time, and I said, I'll bet you I get a phone call from the provincial saying that you're no longer going to go to Joliet, Illinois, to be a pastor, but you're going to Quincy University. And 48 hours later, I got a phone call. (laughs) And the reason why was because uh, this position, uh, you have to somebody who really is rooted in the Franciscan values. And, of course, I being involved in the formation uh, of the province and bringing men into the province and as ongoing formation for the province was all rooted within our Franciscan values and that. The other thing was the administrative side of it. So from those two points, I, th- I knew automatically, I'm doomed. <laughs> well, we're glad you got that phone call. Um, one of the things that you've been really involved with at QU, not just obviously you've been involved with students and staff and a number of different issues, but you've really been the champion for the Franciscan Retreat Center at North Campus. Um, tell us a little bit about that program. The, the Retreat Center uh, has had a long history uh, because it, it really started 
back in the um, uh, really the uh, the 80s. Uh, now before that, there that we we had a couple friars that brought in uh, tech um, teenagers encounter Christ, and also uh, we began to bring in uh, the whole Curcio thing at the time. But that wasn't always run out of uh, the seminary building at that time. Uh, those were out sometimes in other places. In that, but this began the, uh, the seed for all of that. And then eventually, when the, the, um, as the seminary became smaller and smaller, uh, we took the, uh, uh, the south side of the uh, seminary building, which was the B building, and renovated that into the retreat center. And as when the, the, the retreats began to be uh, what is now North Campus. And then over time, uh, it was moved from the B building to the D building. And, uh, and that uh, the retreat center is a very, very important element of Quincy University because it is really a, a touchstone to the uh, local community in the tri-state area. And one of the things that some people don't always realize is that over 10,000 people have gone uh, on retreats here uh, at the University Retreat Center. And uh, so they, it really is a, a touch point of the university in the lives of many people. And uh, uh, the different ones we have, uh, you know, besides tech, we have Quest, which is for uh, younger students uh, below the age of uh, 15. And then there is also... Um, uh, what we call it Emmaus, which is a ecumenical uh, program that's patterned after Curcio. And uh, Curcio is a, a big, big retreat movement here in regards to uh, the center itself. But all of these are there to really help people uh, to really get in touch with the fact, what does it mean for me to be a baptized Christian? And what is that really calling me to uh, first off, in, in, my, in the way in which I act and uh, the direction I want to give my life in regards to that. It's such a valuable service that we offer uh, for the community, and I'm, we're so very blessed to have that center here. Tell me, what is it that you love about Quincy University? What I love about Quincy University is the fact that um, we really have a sense of uh, developing community among everybody that we're in this uh, together in the empowerment of young men and women uh, to go forth to make a difference in the world. And my experience of faculty and staff is a real strong commitment uh, to really uh, be there for the students, to be in relationship with them. And I find it very interesting, uh, you know, the faculty certainly have hands-on experience in the classroom with them, but it's amazing how many staff people know students by name and uh, because they encounter them on other levels besides a class outside the classroom and that um, I'm amazed especially like in the in the cafeteria our cafeteria people know practically every student they know things about the students the students uh, uh, really develop a close relationship with a number of them uh, we have one uh, person who works in the uh, the food industry there, and uh, she considers all the students her kids, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, so when they graduate, she's there at graduation, she's crying, 
as they move on, you know. So, but it really is that sense of of really being committed uh, to uh, the students, and also that whole aspect that we are here to be a family, to walk together and accomplishing dreams and visions. Let's take a break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk more with Father John about the Franciscan value of respecting creation. You're listening to From the Hawks List. Do you want to take the next step in your educational journey? To learn more about the graduate programs offered at Quincy University, visit quincy.edu. Graduate classes are conveniently offered online and in the evening year-round. Take the next step in your educational journey. Visit quincy.edu today. Welcome back to From the Hawk's Nest. We are chatting today with Father John Doctor, Vice President for Mission and Ministry here at Quincy University. And let's switch gears now to talk about Earth Day. It's been celebrated annually on April 22nd since 1970, and it's a day to advocate and support for environmental protection. And as we all know, St. Francis of Assisi, which is the patron saint of animals and the environment, could be viewed as the original Earth Day advocate. So, Father John, why is Francis of Assisi the patron saint of ecology? Well, the reason why St. Francis is the patron saint of ecology was, is because he uh, discovered in his own uh, faith journey that all of creation, whether you look at the animals, whether you look at the rocks, the sun, the stars, uh, whether you look at human beings, uh, we all come from uh, the same source, uh, that God really is the creator of all of that. And everything that God has created, uh, in France, which Francis saw, uh, is that it's a, a reflection of God's goodness and beauty. So each one of us and everything in creation is a particular reflection of God. And that's why, for Francis, uh, he could write the canticle uh, of creatures, where he praises every aspect of, of creation. He starts off with, with Brother Sun, who brightens the day and the importance of the sun, uh, the moon that shines at night and the stars of the heavens. Uh, talks about uh, Sister Water, Brother Fire. Uh, all of these things are a reflection uh, of God in the world, and they, they lead us into a sense of wonder for how God is uh, really reflected in everything and everyone. Um, and so for Francis, if, if we don't discover uh, God within creation, then there, we're missing something in life. Uh, because we were created, uh, you know, to be caretakers of the earth. Uh, but we were created to always have a sense of wonder and awe for the countless ways that God uh, reveals himself in the beauty of creation. So how does the QU community follow Francis's example and embrace the value of respecting creation? I know one thing that comes to my mind is, is our garden that you, you guys work on. Well, we do have a... Uh, a garden for uh, what we call the garden for the needy. It really uh, started off with the intention of being a service learning project for students 
that we would, uh, you know, grow the plants, uh, uh, harvest the, the uh, produce, and give that directly to to the poor. Uh, so the, the Garden for the Needy really was a service learning project itself. But what it's helped students to realize is, you know, how the earth really does sustain us. And if we care for the earth, uh, it will produce fruit for us. And, uh, and that fruit is not only there to sustain us personally, but it's also there to help us to sustain the life of other people. And so uh, that's really the impetus for the Garden for the Needy itself. The season of creation um, spans five weeks, and it's between the World Day of Prayer for the care of creation and always the feast day of St. Francis in the fall of the year. Tell me more about this initiative and, and maybe some of the things that QU's done to be a part of that. The season of creation uh, is really a worldwide uh, economical, economical, ec- ecumenical uh, <laughs> endeavor uh, to, uh, to really uh, awaken people to our relationship with the earth. Uh, that we have lost sight of in many ways, especially uh, here in the United States. We, we, we tend to be very much rooted in uh, what the earth can do for us. And, uh, and so we have exploited it in many ways, and we have damaged it, uh, whether we look at air pollution or water pollution or whether we look at how we have... Uh, really destroyed forests in order to have more agricultural space that limits the the ability of nature to continue to purify the air uh, and all of that. So as an ecumenical movement, it really is there to uh, call Christians. And uh, uh, when when I mean call Christians, when you look at the world, there's 2.2 billion Christians throughout the world. If if this uh, whole ecumenical movement can begin to uh, uh, raise a greater sense of awareness of our responsibility not to have dominion over creation, but to really be stewards and caretakers of creation because uh, this is our common home. Uh, As creation cares for us, we need to care for it. Uh, It is really a a relationship of of harmony with each other, and uh, that has been lost, uh, especially with the beginning of the Industrial Revolution to where we are today in regards to it. Uh, we realize now with the aspect of uh, uh, climate change that it's due because the earth is warming up and therefore it's changing the habitat. Uh, it's beginning to affect millions of people. Uh, you know, we had 68 million some people uh, in, in 2017, I believe, that had to migrate from their area to someplace else because the climate had changed so much that the land became uh, arid and uh, they were no longer able to produce the food that they needed and had to move other places for that, or it created a a, a high level of poverty. And so uh, people had to leave in order to to find another place in order to sustain their life uh, in regards to it. Uh, So it really is a, a, a time to restore our relationship to, uh, with, with the earth. It's a time to uh, grow in a deeper sense of wonder and awe for 
uh, what creation does for us, uh, how God speaks to us through creation, how it reminds us of our responsibility uh, to be caretakers of, of creation as creation takes care of us. And uh, Pope Francis in 2015 uh, wrote an encyclical, Laudato Si, which is really based on, on the, uh, the canticle of creatures that St. Francis wrote. Uh, and basically what Francis was, Pope Francis was doing is saying, folks, we got to uh, wake up. Uh, you know, we, we're destroying uh, Mother Earth. Uh, we're destroying our common home. And if we don't become more proactive in looking at what we're doing, then, you know, we are really uh, going to go out of existence. Uh, that's why he reflected very strongly about, you know, just in the bio, bio, biodiversity that exists, uh, we've lost millions of species that, you know, we don't even take, you know, have any conscious awareness of. Uh, but, you know, from insects, from bacteria to, to animals um, that are all gone. So what are some practical ways maybe that alumni can adapt their lifestyles and embrace this core Franciscan value? Well, I think one of the ways that we can do that is, first off, really becoming conscious of uh, how we live our life. Uh, you know, I, as a, coming from a consumeristic background, we also look at, we often look at, you know, uh, what do I want? What do I need? And we never look at what do I, how do I need to be? Uh, you know, so when we look at the world, it's like, what, what can it do for us? And how can it sustain, you know, the life that I want to have? And uh, really, it's really calling us to take a look at how am I really called to be uh, as part of creation, and uh, how do I uh, live a more simple lifestyle so that I'm not really uh, consuming creation, but I'm sustaining creation. So we look at simplicity of life. We look at, you know, uh, you know the, what we eat. You know, sometimes, uh, you know, we hear uh, the whole aspect of we should eat less meat. Well, there's a reason for that because uh, animals produce a lot of methane. Methane uh, affects the uh, ozone layer, uh, so more uh, heat permeates the atmosphere, warms the earth up uh, in regards to that. Uh, we do have the whole thing of, you know, how do we uh, conserve on water? Uh, here in the United States, we take water for granted, but in most areas of the world, uh, water is a, a, a very important resource, and it's a scarcity and so people really have really cherish uh, the gift of water. Uh, you know, are we conscious of how we use water? Are we conscious of the fact that how we pollute water with the industry and everything else that we have uh, within our, our country? Uh, are we conscious of the fact that you know we don't preserve uh, the environment? You know, it's easy for us to destroy forests by cutting down the trees and that but not replacing them. Now, we've become more conscious of that with Tree Day and, and all of that. But, sure. uh, you know, those are the kinds of things that we need to take a look at. We need to take a look at, you know, fossil fuels. You know, um, you know how much, you know, the kind of transportation 
uh, that we are, we are doing. You know, do can we take public transportation instead of driving our own vehicle all the time? Uh, you know, uh, those are the kinds of things that we need to to take a look at. A lot of good information out there too. I know you know you share with us here at the university a lot of great information. I think just a little research. Uh, you know, if our alumni or people listening just take a little time and go online and, and look up some of these topics, I think they'll find some other practical ways, too, that they can embrace this. So, this is a dangerous question with you. Okay. Is there anything that we haven't talked about today that you thought maybe our listeners would want to hear about uh, from your viewpoint as the Vice President for Mission and Ministry at Quincy University before we wrap up our time here? I, I guess the thing that I would uh, hope that we are growing in a greater awareness uh, is the fact that we are family. And it's not just family between us as human beings. Uh, it's, it's, it's our interconnectedness with all of creation. Uh, that, you know, that's one of the things Francis saw, you know, that we are one family. And how are we treating each other as family? How are we caring for each other as family? Uh, are we growing in a deeper awareness of our interconnectedness, our interdependency? And I think that's true on the campus. How do we help students to realize that, you know, the person sitting next to me is my brother or my sister? Uh, do we see how the gift of diversity that is there, how we, uh, we enrich each other's lives by the diversity each one of, each one of us brings, because of how we are, the environment in which we've been raised, the people that have educated us, uh, all those kinds of experience, each have given us a certain philosophy of life, and we we all need to hear each other's philosophy, and uh, to really enrich each other's lives, in order to come to a greater realization that we uh, really do depend upon each other that we really are independent and that we really need to be there uh, for each other and to live in greater sense of harmony. And uh, so that it really does move, uh, hopefully, at Quincy University, moves people to realize the importance of, of being people of justice and, and peace, that, people, that we are people who see when a relationship is broken, whether that's with creation or whether that's with other human beings that whatever destroys our, the harmony of living together and being there for each other, that we should, as people of justice, seek to bring healing to that situation. So my hope is, is that, that we are creating a greater awareness of who God created us to be as co-creators with him, uh, to really continue to, uh, to build uh, the family of humankind. Well, Father John, my thanks to you for being our guest today here and also for your guidance and encouragement that you bring to the campus community. Be sure to tune in next time as we continue to explore uh, stories from alumni, faculty, staff, and friends of Quincy University right here on From the Hawk's Nest. I'm Matt Bergman, and it's always a great day to be a hawk.